Welcome to The Point Podcast. At The Point, we point high school students to Jesus because we believe that Jesus is better than anything else that this world has to offer. We hope that this podcast is an encouragement to you in your walk with Christ, but that it does not replace the time you're already spending with the Lord. Thanks so much for listening, and here's our awesome high school youth pastor, my husband, Justin Kinley. Hey, what's up, students? So today we have kind of a, uh, a special episode, I guess you could say. Um, a couple weeks ago, there was a guy that spoke in one of Metrolina's chapel. Uh, his name was Dustin Wells, and Dustin Wells is the youth pastor of Summit Church up in Raleigh, which is where the Hoosier One idea kind of developed and really was birthed. And so um, the leadership at Metrolina, some of the teachers and administration asked me, they said, hey, Justin, will you interview Dustin Wells that we can post onto our podcast uh, for Metrolina? So I did that and still have the audio file on my computer. So I was like, man, why would I not put the put it on this platform for you to hear it? Um, and also if you got if there's some parents listening to this as well, then you could hear this this talk we had about who's your one um, as well. And so I hope this is an encouragement to you. Uh, there's definitely probably some more emphasis on parents at some point at some points, but students don't click off of it uh, because man, there's some stuff that can encourage you as well um, as we talk about this idea of who's your one and what that looks like in our life. So again, this is part of my conversation with Dustin Wells, youth pastor up at Summit Church in Raleigh. And uh, man, I hope you enjoy this um, conversation that we had together and that it encouraged you I mean, to think about who your one is and to think about how you can pray for them uh, that they might come to know Jesus. Hope you enjoy it. Well, hey, my name is uh, Justin Kinley, and I'm the high school pastor here at First Baptist Indian Trail. And we have today Dustin Wells. Dustin Wells, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yep. I checked your last name before, and then I almost forgot. So Dustin Wells yeah. uh, from Summit Church up in Raleigh. And uh, Dustin, man, it's so so good to have you on here. And just, I don't know if it's weird for you doing podcasts or not. It's kind of a weird interview setting. No, nah, man, I'm all about it. Oh, you're all yeah. about it. Yeah, I like let's it. Let's go. I like it. So, uh, so hopefully some parents are listening on to this. So Dustin, maybe just for a second, just tell us about you. Tell us where you are, family stuff. Just who, who are you? Yeah, man. Um, I'm uh, the student pastor, kind of Justin said, at the Briar Creek campus of the Summit Church um, right there in Durham, um, Raleigh, Raleigh, Durham area. I've uh, been there for about f- four years. Before that, I was a student student and small group pastor um, at a church in New York City um, for about a little over two years. Went to Liberty University, grew up near Asheville. Um, uh, been married for six years now. Um, you know, and man, really excited to get to kind of talk to you guys as parents because I feel like I was as faithful to the student pastor I, as I could be. Um, and then my wife and I had two daughters, and I feel like I completely changed the way that I did student <laughs> ministry. Um, so, man, parents, like, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, my daughters are not great, not, not perfect. They are pistols. Uh, so, man, I'm just really excited to get to kind of share with you. Uh, man, like peer to peer, kind of what God's teaching my wife and I, even in this season, as we talk about who's your one later in the podcast. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Well, I can I can attest. I was just in chapel, and uh, man, our chapel's not awesome. They're they're incredible. Man. They're so they're good. Really good. I, you know, I don't know how many parents listen to this actually. You know, have seen what goes on in chapel, but man, it is it's such a blessing to be a part of every week, and it was so encouraging. Um, listen to you, and so let's do kind of they weren't in chapel, so let's do just a if you can preach that sermon in two or three minutes. Yeah, what, what's no the, what's the recap of John one that you were talking about? What's, what's yeah, kind of the recap? so and we we just went to like a really familiar story in John one, um, the tail end. You know, Andrew sees Jesus, and, and kind of the idea that I was like walking through with our students is an idea that my dad passed down to me. Um, was that I mean, how you respond makes makes all the difference, or how you respond matters? So Andrew sees Jesus. He's not the only one in the crowd that sees him, um, but Andrew sees Jesus and he responds in two ways. Um, he follows him. 
and you know, and kind of the idea we, we we see there is that Andrew, because John the Baptist said that this is the Lamb of God, Andrew was willing to give Jesus his first yes, hmm. and he followed. Um, and then Andrew keeps following. Kind of the idea we unpacked with our students is, man, following Jesus isn't a a decision you make once. Yeah. It's a decision you keep making. Um, and the, the idea that, man, for, for many of us, our first response needs to be asking the question, am I still saying yes to Jesus? Mm-hmm. Like, am, am I still saying that he's worthy of my yes? You know, a lot of times it's easy to think that Jesus is worthy of our eternity, you know, where, whether we're going to go to heaven or hell, but it's not always as easy to think that Jesus is worthy of how we spend our money yeah. or Jesus is worthy of how we, you know, what we watch on Netflix or, you know, what we do with a boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, it, he's, he's not worthy of those areas of our life. Mm-hmm. And it's taking time to be reminded that he is. Yeah. And because he's worthy, man, he's worthy of our obedience. He's worthy of us to keep following. Mm-hmm. Um, but the story isn't in there. I mean, it says, Andrew, he, he follows Jesus. He spends a day with him. And then literally the very next verse is, and then Andrew went, found his, his, his brother, Simon, who would later be called Cephas, and brought him to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, kind of the second response that we see there is that Andrew, you know, he he went and told someone. And what's really cool is that Andrew doesn't have to have to sit and think about who he's going to tell. He knew, mm-hmm. like he knew. Man, I thought that was so cool. You pointed yeah, that out. I he that was he knew yeah. there was someone he had to bring to Jesus, and it was his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Simon, you know, spoiler alert, becomes Peter, who, they, who Jesus builds the, the church upon. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, kind of the idea we at, at our church and kind of in our student ministry, the way we've kind of fleshed this this idea out, is we we've asked the question, "Who's your one?" You know, when it, when it comes to evangelism, it can feel like such a daunting task. Like we have to go tell the world, right? Make mm-hmm. disciples. It almost feel like, man, where do I start? Yeah. You know, and for me, I kind of go back to this passage and I ask, man, do I know who I need to tell? Mm-hmm. Like, do I know the one person that I need to go and, and share Jesus with? Do I have one person that I'm intentionally praying for? Do I have one person that I'm having gospel conversations with? Do I have one person that I'm in their life and they're in my life? You know, do I have one person I'm begging Jesus to save? Um, you know, and kind of the way we ended it is kind of taking my dad's phrase again, asking, you know, those were Andrew's two responses. He followed Jesus and he told someone, like, did it matter? Yeah. And, you know, the overwhelming answer is yes. Yeah. Like, Andrew took the gospel to Romania, Georgia, Cyprus, and Ukraine. And Peter was literally the guy, the, the apostle that the early church was built upon. Mm-hmm. You know, so the idea that, man, we never, I, I love the way one of the principles summed it up at the very end. Like we never know what God will do with our obedience, yeah. but we need to be faithful to follow him and faithful to be willing to go tell someone about him. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Do you, do you think, um, and now full cards on the table, I'm not a parent, right? So I'm 24 years old. Yeah. I've been married for two years, though. Yeah, um, yeah you, 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 you got time. I got time, yeah, so yeah. I'm, not, I'm not there yet. But do you think, or have you seen, and we won't talk about Indian Trail right here, we'll talk about Raleigh, yeah. So, yeah. so we won't throw <clears throat> any of our parents under the bus or nothing like that. Yeah. But do you think sometimes parents maybe fall into that trap of, and maybe maybe we as a church sometimes fall into this trap of saying that following Jesus is a one time decision. That says, "Hey, man, you follow Jesus. That, that's great. We got you." But you know, we're not encouraging them to continue. Because I love how you said that it's a continual decision that we're constantly making. Like, how do, how does a parent model that for their student to continually follow Jesus and not just be a one time thing? Yeah, man, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I think I think to kind of answer it, I think do I see it in true of parents? Sometimes they stop being at that idea like yes mm-hmm. but i think it's because it, all of us do it yeah right like all of us are sinners anytime mm-hmm. we sin that's because we're saying no mm-hmm. in an area that jesus says yes yeah you know but i think your latter question is really important like how do we model it for our students that we're continuing to do that i mean i think the best thing 
my dad's a my dad's a non-believer. Mm-hmm. But the best way that my dad shows me the gospel is that my dad apologizes like when he knows he's done something wrong. Hmm. You know, and for me as a leader, even as a parent, man, and I've got to see parents up close, like when parents repent to their kids. It's a big deal. It's huge. Yeah. Like you're humbling yourself mm-hmm. in front of them. Like you're not playing the I'm the parent It's because I said so card. Mm-hmm. You're playing the, hey, there's a standard that's higher than me. And because I didn't meet that standard, I want to point you to that standard mm-hmm. and let you see that, man, I'm still following. Yeah. I'm still working. It's imperfect. I'm I'm still in process, mm-hmm. but he's still worthy. Yeah, yeah. I think that's huge because I, I think my dad did a great job of that. Was was I remember vividly one night, my dad, we were sitting on the front porch of our steps, and he was telling me how he messed up at work earlier that day, and how and and literally how he he sinned. He treated someone badly. Someone treated someone poorly. A coworker, and he said, "Man, he said, he said the Lord's called me to more than that, and I want to be better than that." And I, I'll never forget that night. That night, because you know, I'd see my dad follow Jesus in church and stuff, but it was something different to say. I mean, he was still seeking, how do I actively follow Christ? And how to actively follow what God has for me? And um, I think that was such a pivotal moment for me because it wasn't just kind of a one-time decision for my dad. It was something that he was continually continually doing. Um, so I think that's so cool. I, I love one thing that you said, um, and I hope I quoted you right on this. I tried to type it really fast. Uh, but you said, your willingness to follow will always be tied to how worthy you think Jesus is. Yeah. That was really good. Right. So what do you? Uh, uh, so what do you uh, unpack that a little bit? Your willingness to follow will always be tied to how worthy you think Jesus is. Yeah, I'll get I'll get really real because um, you know Indian Trail doesn't know me. Um, yeah, it's kind of massive. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. But uh, I mean, I think an area from my own life, right? Um, I had a like a really really hard 18 months of health stuff. So like medical bills were just humongous. Hmm. Um, and we have insurance, but you know you reach up a point and then you start playing paying percentages um you know i'm showing my age i'm only 27 so even i don't fully understand that, know mm-hmm. how insurance works all i know is that i still have to pay a lot of money <laughs> medical bills. um you know my, my wife is a nurse she works part-time i'm a full-time student pastor you know i don't i don't make a bank mm-hmm. you know um and so there's there's been there have been moments where i've, I've like really wrestled with hey like do i like do we still are we, do we, are we still faithful to give mm-hmm. I mean, this is the area if you call me to be to obey, like you call me to be a steward of my finances and to trust you with the, with the first fruits, mm-hmm. and to not hold this because this isn't mine anyway. It's mm-hmm. yours, Lord. And so, man, there have been moments where my desire for security and security that I can see, like really my desire to not live by faith, mm-hmm. I am I'm literally wrestling like with the like online giving thing on the screen of my computer. Mm-hmm. Like, do I do I trust you? Like, do I, even, even, even when I can't see it working out, mm-hmm. even when I see, like, I know we have this much in medical bills, I think if I tithe this much, I don't think I'm going to be able to pay that medical bill. Yeah. Like, you provided in the past. Do I still think you're, like, do I still think you're worthy to provide now? Mm-hmm. And, do I, like, do, do I trust you? Like, do I, are you worthy of my obedience? Are you worthy of, of my trust? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, most of them, you know, thus far, I've clicked yes by God's grace. You know, but like the idea, man, is like I think you know for me in that season, like the battle of faith was over finances, but that's just one area. Yeah, you know, it, it can be, like you said, man. Sometimes I think we are tempted to be a chameleon at work, mm-hmm. believing that if we fit the culture of work, we will get promoted at work, mm-hmm. we'll get more security at work, mm-hmm. and so you know we'll, we'll we'll wind up not actually seeking to be a Christ follower at work. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and ask the question, man, is it worthy to be to be? act in a Christly way if it causes me a promotion. Mm-hmm. 
Like, is it worthy to be, to be acting in a Christ in a, in a, in a Christ honoring way? Yeah. If it costs me my job, mm-hmm. you know, I, th- I think there are just there are battles like that all over, and I think it's our we will we will answer that question by the time we've spent in word and worship mm-hmm. and and seeing that the Psalm thirty four says, "Behold, taste the Lord is good, yeah. blessed is the man who trusts in Him." Mm-hmm. You know, like our trust will always flow out of are we tasting and seeing that He's good? Yeah, because if we're not, we're much more willing to sell up something that's not. Yeah. So, so do you think, too, along those lines, when you said your willingness to follow will always be tied to how worthy you think Jesus is, do you also think our willingness to share him is also tied with how worthy we think he is? Like oh, Share yeah. him with others? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'll use an illustration I use with the, the students. Um, like, let's just take a show on Netflix, because um, that's just where I live right now. Yeah, you know, I get the kids down. What are you, what are you watching? That's yeah. What are you watching? Uh, so, we just finished The Good Place. Okay. You know, really funny comedy. Nice. Not a great biblical worldview of hell. <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot there. <laughs> yeah, no, not a great biblical worldview of hell and heaven, but not much is anymore. Um, you know, pretty clean every other way. Um, but it, uh, we, let's say my wife and I try a movie on mm. Netflix, you know, and it's not good. Mm. Like, we think it's just okay. When we, next time we see someone and they ask us, what are you watching on Netflix? Like I've I've watched probably four shows since we finished the last season of The Good Place uh-huh. that just didn't come to mind. Yeah. But The Good Place is one of the last like really funny shows that my wife and I watched. Uh-huh. So when you asked, it came to mind. I was like, oh, this is worth sharing. Yeah. You know, so I, th- I think our willingness to share will always be tied to our how like how worthy we think it is. You know, mm-hmm. on parents that are on social media, like you read a hundred posts a day on Facebook, but you share some of them. Yeah. Why do you share it? Because you think it's like. It's, it's worth sharing. Yeah, that was really good. You know, I, th- I think that a lot of us, you know, sometimes Jesus isn't, our, our, our recent following, our recent walk with Jesus would be like a show that we've forgotten, hmm. not a show that we think is worth sharing. So I think, hmm. man, just making sure that we're like John 15, abiding in the vine, yeah. you know, bearing fruit in the vine, mm-hmm. believing that the vine, he is the vine and, he, and he's worth it, you know. Yeah, I think I found in my life it's really hard to share what you don't have, you yeah. know, and, and I can definitely tell times where my walk with the Lord is maybe not where it needs to be my own like personal devotion it sharing him doesn't come as naturally as times when man I'm really walking with him in his word and then it's almost like it just it just comes out right I mean we were talking about the Panthers earlier I mean I can see a guy with a Panther hat in the restaurant in a few minutes and be like hey man what you think of the new coach and have no problem doing that at all why why do I so often have a problem segueing Jesus into that conversation Mm, you know Um, so I've been challenged with that too and and I love what you said because I I think John 1 is so simple and it's so beautiful and you know I love you know Jesus says he's the Messiah and that's worth following so he follows and and I I don't know if I never I don't know if I'd ever thought about that passage in the way that you you explained it when it wasn't like Andrew thought about okay who can I go get like it didn't seem like there was much thinking there it's like I mean this is the Messiah my brother needs him. Yeah, right? and so so on that idea of who's your one, just just explain to our parents like what what does that phrase mean? Who's your one? What are we trying to get people to to think through in that in that phrase? Yeah, so I think for a lot of us, the idea of evangelism, if you're anything like me, it can just feel like really overwhelming. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's the, basically let's say you were standing in front of a you know a mountain full of trees, and they said all the trees have to have to be chopped down this mountain. Mm-hmm. You you would be thinking like, oh, gracious. No way. No. Where, like, where do I start? Mm-hmm. You know, or even even like, I can't do this. Uh, there's no way. I'm going to walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for us, it's, I mean, taking a passage like this with Andrew or even taking a passage like in Mark 
where the friends of the paraplegic you know lower him through the roof mm-hmm. to see Jesus believing that Jesus can do something yeah. And we, we kind of use those passages in mind and ask, well, hey, man, we, we know that the forest doesn't need to be chopped down, but we can call our people to do it one tree at a time. Mm-hmm. So, hey, like, who is the one person that you are going to commit to praying with? Mm-hmm. And we, we believe that evangelism happens best in relationship. Mm-hmm. So who has God already brought into your life mm-hmm. that you can share the gospel with, man? Who is a coworker? Who is a, a family member? Who is a neighbor, a friend, who is someone that you believe God may be bringing strategically into your life to mm. share the good news of God with. Yeah. You know, and so for us, um, the way that we've asked that question, the way we've prayed about it is kind of phrasing the question, who's your one? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so my one is a guy I went to college with and, you know, we have him in our, in our house. I have really deep, you know, conversations with him. He would say he's like a nihilist, mm-hmm. you know, that he basically believes life is meaningless. Yeah. Um, but because of that, he's like very interested in talking to me about hope, you know. And so, man, I've I've walked him through like, hey, you have no hope if not if if the resurrection didn't happen, none of us have hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so getting to have just engaged conversation with that. My my wife's one um, is, is a coworker of hers, um, and man, she's been faithful to share the gospel um, with her as well. And mm-hmm. so it's it's just it's, it's a question to take. You know, it's, there's nothing magical about it, but it, it's a way to take a gargantuan task mm. and make it personal yeah and make it man obeyable yeah like hey you know what like i can have one person i'm gonna pray for every day mm-hmm. that i'm gonna, be, I'm gonna invite to easter you yeah. know that i'm gonna engage in a gospel conversation with mm-hmm. you know that, I, that i'm gonna like you know i'm gonna show up to their meaningful things in life mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna you know build a relationship that hopefully points them to jesus yeah yeah, no, I think that's cool, and I think that's I think you said the simplicity of it, and it's not fancy, but I I think that's the beauty of it because I know when I really saw this phrase and I started thinking through it is I think that's the cool thing about it is for most people probably listening to this it doesn't take them five seconds to think of a coworker yep. or to think of a family member, so it's yep. not it's it's not like you have to go on this mission trip to find a one although that's right. great right but yeah. it's it's the Lord has already placed people around you in your life and so I think that's really cool and, and so in thinking about that. Why then? Because I've been really um, the last few days. I've been really struck with the reminder, and I knew this, but it's just been a reminder of as a student pastor, I get most of our students for two hours a week. Oh yeah, you know, Wednesday night and Sunday morning, and yep. that's a heavy thought, man. It, it really yeah. is. And so we can teach this, and we can preach this, and and you and I can model this for students as best as we possibly can. But why is it important? I guess two two prong question. Why is it important for parents to model this who's your one and then how can they actually model it? Does yeah. that make sense? Why how how why is it important and then how can what's some practical things for a parent listening to say, man, okay, starting today, this is how I can model this for my student. Yeah, I think it's a really I think the why it's important, um I'm gonna get a little nerdy here for a second. Mm-hmm. But psychologically especially middle school and high school students are just starting to um develop abstract thought. Mm-hmm. Which means up to up to this point, Jesus has really just been a set of facts they agree with and some implications of that that they understand that they're willing to follow. Mm-hmm. But they don't understand, they often don't understand yet fully that this is that he is a Lord that's gonna control every aspect of their life. Mm-hmm. And it's just developmentally they're not there it's yet. Just there, yeah. Um but as as they grow into that, you'll you'll even see them and I love it when high schoolers are like, um, Parker and I he's my high school pastor. Uh, we were talking about you know, on the way here of a high school student that kind of shared with us like, hey, I, I really believe this, but I'm, I'm still struggling because I, I understand that if I follow Jesus, it changes everything. Hmm. 
I'm like, yes. I had a conversation with a kid like that at camp, and I was yeah. like, this is amazing. I was like, yeah, like, awesome. you're, you're right. Mm-hmm. It does change everything. Um, and the part that parents modeling it plays is that it shows a student that it's more than a set of facts that they're learning, mm-hmm. that Jesus isn't an equation that they're, like, like their math like they memorized, use on a test, and then throw away. Mm-hmm. But Jesus is something that should Im- impact every area of their life. They see it before they can even understand it when it, when it, when a parent models it. Yeah, and so the, there's a, there's this, this this realization of, oh, this isn't just this is this isn't like algebra that I, I may not use again. Mm. I mean, this is this is the lifeblood of who I am as a person because I am a son or daughter of the King. Yeah, you know, and I forgot your second question. Just, I, how do they practically model that? So what's the thing they yeah. can do today? To yeah, start modeling that. Hey, something that my wife and I do with our two year old. My two-year-old prays um, for two lost people every day. Hmm. So when we do our family devotions at the end of the day, which is like, it, this sounds really spiritual. It's basically with Molly, we read a, a passage, like a really short passage after a devotional my mom bought us. Um, we sing, Jesus loves me, and she likes to go, he is strong. That's so cool. Um, you got to do that every day? Okay. Yeah. And then we pray. And sometimes she will, she'll like repeat after us. Other times she won't. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing she'll pray every day is we say, and please save Asya and Paul. Asya is my wife's one. Paul is my dad. Okay. Um, and she'll, she'll yell, Asya and Paul. <laughs> and we say, in Jesus' name, she goes, Amen. That's awesome. Yeah. And so for us, like, my daughter doesn't know what it means to save. My daughter doesn't know, you know, much, but we're trying to put in front of our daughter that, hey, we believe that, God, you're so worthy that mm-hmm. we're praying that you will show your worthiness to others. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're praying that you will even save Asya, you know, who, who my daughter loves, and my dad. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you, like, would you save them? Would you, you know, like, will, will, will you do that? And yeah. so I think practically sharing with your kids who your one is so they know and then praying with them, mm-hmm. saying like, "Hey, like it doesn't need to be daily. It doesn't have to be daily, but just once a week. Like, can y'all have a rhythm? If if you pick them up from from Indian Trail on Wednesday nights on the drive home, can you guys pray for y'all's ones together? Yeah. Can you take a minute and just and just do that? Mm-hmm. You know, hey, like, how cool would it be if you drove their one home from Indian Trail after they got saved, and you could tell them, hey, in this car ride, we used them, to man. pray for you. Yeah, that's awesome." You know, so I think I think that would be like a really, really, really small practical way is like sharing with your students who your one is, and then praying together as a family, yeah. like believing that we we know salvation belongs to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So if the Lord's not in it, like it's not going to happen. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I guess that that led to one more question for me, um, and this will be this will be our last question. But so you're doing that with your daughter right now at two, yep. which is awesome. But we probably got some parents listening to this, and their kids seventeen. Yeah, and they've never once modeled that maybe they've never modeled this in their home in that intentional of a way yeah and the kids are junior in high school senior in high school whatever what what would your encouragement be to parents on all age of the spectrum to say man this is still something you can you can model even if your student's about to graduate in four months and be gone what, what would you say to that parent yeah i would say like i don't like really want to word this Shame will always weave a narrative in your mind of why you can't do something. Hmm. Like the shame of like, hey, I'm hearing this now, but I should have been doing this the first 17 years. Mm -hmm. Or I should have been doing this 
Like, man, one of the things that Isaiah tells us is that Jesus bore our sin and our shame yeah. on the cross, mm-hmm. which means the li- the line of I should have is almost never like actually going to push you towards obedience. It almost always pushes you towards apathy. Hmm. And so I, th- I think even in this, you know, my encouragement to you would be, please don't hear my example of my two-year-old daughter as condemnation. Please hear it as encouragement. Mm-hmm. Like, my, my two-year-old's a mess. Man, most of the time, she runs around in her diaper while we're praying and is like going, ah! Like, and, like, and then she yells at us if we unfold our hands. You know, like, that's just, that, that's where we're at. Yeah. Um, but I also think, let's say for a senior, that four, four months in college, what better way to model your senior that their faith is important even when they go to school yeah. by saying, hey, I know we haven't, we haven't been doing this, but I want to start. Yeah. Like you need to know that this is more than just something that Jesus isn't something that I attend Wednesday and Friday, man. Jesus is something that I want to connect with my whole life, mm-hmm. and man, I want to start doing that with you now. Like, it's never too late for obedience. Yeah. Like that is, it's a, it, it can feel embarrassing. It can feel, you know, defeating. It can feel like how do I I I, I can't win now. I must not even try. But man, I really I really feel like all of those are just lies from the enemy to keep us on the on the sidelines and not keep us and to keep us away from the war yeah yeah Yeah. no i think that's really good i love it well man thank you so much for talking with us for a second thanks for the word you just brought to our students i thought it was awesome and uh parents hope that this encourages you and i just encourage you today man even as you listen to this get your one Think about who your one is and then share that with your students and encourage them to do the same thing. And as Dustin was saying, and pray as a family, um, pray that the Lord would do something mighty to save them and, um, and believe in him for that. So, Dustin, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it, brother. Thank it was you. fun. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much for listening. The Point is a ministry of First Baptist Church Indian Trail for high school students. We offer life groups every Sunday morning at 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock. And we meet on Wednesday nights at 6.15. For more information, you can go to our church's website at fbcit.org.